Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today, we talk brainstorms with UX designer Brian. Let's go. First question. You thought you'd see everyone's idea in the team brainstorm, but you've got a grand total of one. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board, right? Because in Miro, the team can add ideas now or later. And with Privacy Mode, we can keep them anonymous until they're good to share. Correct. Next, you need the best way to explain your idea, but all you have is a few sticky notes. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, because, you know, in Miro, I could record videos, add text, images, links, and digital sticky notes, of course, present my thoughts the way I want. Right again! Now, you're looking for a past idea you thought was just genius. Only you could find... Oh, there it is. Drawing board or... Miro. Our finished and unfinished work lives in one place. And he's won. Join over 60 million people getting ideas noticed in Miro Brainstorms. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. This is Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network in conjunction with the Sampson Family Foundation, striving to uplift, empower, and educate the communities we live in. Now here's Ralph and your host, Mac McDonald. Welcome into Center Court on the Winner's Circle Network, and I'm Mac McDonald. And of course, the namesake is Ralph Sampson. Ralph, it's good to see you, and welcome to another week. I am so looking forward to today's guest, and I'm sorry it's going to bring up a couple of bad memories of 1983, but to, to have Derek Wittenberg today is pretty special. Well, you know, Mac, me and Derek go way back to the 1979 Capitol Classic, Washington, D.C., and I was supposed to be on the national team, and all the Capitol Classic All-Star, you had Sidney Lowe, mm-hmm. Derek Wittenberg, Quentin Daly, Thurber Bailey, Mike Pissot. <laughs> Amongst the other other groups, and then on the national team it was myself, James Worthy, Derek Hart, Derek Minifield, Sam Boyd, Tim Andre. We had seven seven footers on that team. If I'd have played on the <laughs> USA team, and they said, "Well, since you were circled around Washington D.C. within a certain range, you got to play on the Capitol Classic Stars." How about that? That so was me, Quentin Daly, Wittenberg Lowe. And and third bell, all of what we played, and actually beat that team. How about that? So we've been friends forever uh, since 1979. How about that? I, I could ask you a million questions. You probably met and knew Morgan Wooten, who coached Amatha. I did. Uh, Morgan, uh, you know, we had a basketball camp in Harrisonburg for 20 years, so 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 far with Coach Roger Berge, and Morgan would come down every year for. 10 years on that Wednesday and bring, we brought Gerard Mustaf oh, and people like that with him down. And I would go to Morgan Wooten's camp up in DC every year. My first fight 10 years in, you know, 10 years out of, even in the NBA, out of the NBA. So it was a great guy. One of the best coaches ever. Well, the great thing, and we're kind of hyping Derek Wittenberg, who will be our guest in just a few minutes. But the great thing about Derek is not only at DeMatha, but in four years, the stag lost only 12 games and he, and Sidney Lowe, was in high school with him. I mean, what a yeah, pair. Yeah. I would like to know that recruiting story, how Sidney and Derrick together is like, I guess uh, they were that, a package, that, right? That, that's probably some stuff that they won't ever tell, right? Because uh, <laughs> the power. You go from the Adrian Danley to the to the to all the powers to be before Wittenberg and Lowell got there. They had a machine up there out of D.C. that had oh, the, all man. the best players that would go to math and play for Morgan as, as well. So it just continued with Derrick and Sidney. And with all the and with all the schools where he coached, uh, Joe Harrington was a I was a good, yes. good friend with Joe. I always thought he was a heck of a coach, and you know he was at George Mason, went to Colorado, and 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 then Derek, of course, was with Gail Catlett and Bobby Cremens yes. and Jim. You know, so his his resume is, you know, and of course the national championship, which we're going to talk about. But then when you dig deeper into what Derek has done, he produced two thirty for thirty documentaries. 
not only the one about NC State and, oh, yeah, he did the Bill McCartney, the head football coach at Colorado. What is that? Come on, Derek. He, kind of, you know, he, was, he was very well tied and we making it to, to ESPN uh, because of the V Foundation stuff he did. Yeah. And then the, when he did the 30 for 30, you know, obviously we played against him a number of times and he accredits me for twisting his ankle in a regular season game at University of Virginia. He was shooting a three-pointer inside the arc. Yeah. I went out to try to block it. He came down, twisted his ankle, and he was out for a number number of games. But that whole season, that whole series was amazing for NC State and college basketball. It created the V Foundation, a lot of other stuff that went on. But, I mean, what a story, right? I mean, so then he goes 30 for 30, and then I'm in that video, like, too many daggone times. <laughs> yeah, that little – 18 foot three that they used to have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was a, it was a joke. All right. Stick and I are going to break. When we come back, Derek Wittenberg, former NC state Wolfpack player coach and about 50 other things, not only his foundation, we have a lot to cover. We'll be back at the winter circle network. This is center court with Ralph Sampson. The mission for the Sampson family foundation is simple. We strive to uplift, empower, and educate the communities we live in. The Foundation promotes charitable and community input, educational development, health and fitness, and scholarship opportunities. The Samson Family Foundation's initiatives focus on patients with cancer, educational scholarship programs, and give students guidance in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. The Samson Family Foundation encourages limitless possibilities, your financial support is tax deductible. To learn more, call 540-615-5097. The website is samsonfamilyfoundation.org. Uplift. Empower. Educate. It takes teamwork to make the dream work. Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Once again, here's Ralph and Mac. Welcome back. It's Center Court with Ralph Sampson on the Winner's Circle Network. And I'm going to let Ralph do the honors with a very special guest and a guy that he cut the hearts out of Virginia fans a couple of times, especially in 1983. Stick, it's all you. Well, he did that for sure. But no, man, Derek go way back to 1979, as I mentioned to you, Mac, earlier. Mm -hmm. So we, we, we've seen each other a lot, play together. We won a game in the Capitol Classic together, um, and he made that shot very, very often. But, yeah, he took our hearts out in 83 twice. Twice. So we, we know that. But, you know, the one and only Mr. Darren Wittberg. So thanks for joining us, and uh, glad to have you. I'm, I'm glad you took that hat off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I I was trying to represent NC State, you know, uh, and then you told me to take your hat off. So, you know, now <laughs> I got to petition the new AD that we, Ralph needs some gear. I need some gear. Yeah, you, you can put your hat back on, and then we can show <laughs> the video to UVA and say, look, he got hats, but I don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, pretty, I, I, I'm very humbled and honored to be uh, on the show with you, Ralph. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Derek, when you made that run in 83, and of course we we had to start there, I could go back to DeMatha. I still want to know how you and Sidney Lowe became a package and got <laughs> out of DeMatha together and ended up in Raleigh together. Or is that a package you can't talk about? Well, you know what's interesting about the recruiting process? Actually, Ralph didn't tell you this, but at the Capital Classic game, we tried to steal Ralph. We tried to convince Ralph to come with us to NC State. That would have been a package. I hadn't signed, I hadn't signed yet. I had not signed yet at all. He hadn't signed yet, so we tried to get him to come with us to NC State, and we actually had an opportunity. We thought that Dominic Wilkins was coming to NC State as well, so – we had a, a nice freshman crew, and and that class of the 1979 is ranked as the all-time best class in the history 
of basketball. I don't know if anybody knows that, but right. I, think, I think five or six of those guys are you know, in the top 50 all the time in the history of the game. But when Sydney eyes decided to go to state, Sydney had already signed first and I signed last. And uh, I went to David Thompson's game at, uh, or who's my cousin at the Capitol Classic. And I finally decided to sign, but Morgan wouldn't let me visit Hawaii. I wanted to visit Hawaii and get a free trip, <laughs> but I, I couldn't get to Hawaii. So I ended up signing at NC State, which was my dream school uh, because I saw my cousin David Thompson play in 73 and 74. And uh, the ACC, as you know, and you guys know, back then was the premier conference that was on TV. You saw him every Saturday, mm. Jefferson Pilot. So uh, that's where I wanted to go. And that was my first choice. And I ended up at State. But Derek, I do want you to tell the truth. You and Sydney got in a room and said, look, if we recruit Ralph, we won't get any shots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. We played together in high school. So listen, I was going to get my shot. I don't get the rebound, but we, all, you know, you also had uh, Big T, Daryl Bailey on that, on that squad yeah, as well. Daryl Bailey. Yeah, we would have been fine. You know, we've been fine. Ralph would have got plenty of shots. No, no problem. So, so, I mean, so think about that. Me, you, Sydney, Daryl Bailey, us four would have been dangerous on that squad. Oh, what, 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 without a doubt, man, without a doubt. And we would have had multiple championships and we'd have had Ralph, Daryl Bailey, uh, Dominic Wilkins at the three and Sydney and I. Now we may have need at least two balls, maybe three balls. <laughs> well, <laughs> between you and Nick, between you and Nick, we definitely need a ball apiece. Now Ralph, Ralph and Thurl really would have became rebounds if he had Dominic and me on the wing shooting the ball. <laughs> yeah, but I tell you what, uh, what what a class of '79 we had, and obviously. Uh, Ralph is one of the premier guys in that class. We had a lot of great players in that class. Even, even if we forget Isaiah Thomas was in that class. We had, we had some great players in that class. And even when we played that Capital Classic game. So, uh, but nevertheless, we all played in a great conference, the ACC, where there was multiple NBA players and guys stayed like Ralph graciously uh, helped UVA by staying for four years, which wouldn't have happened today. Ralph would have never turned down $20 million uh, for three more years in college. That would have never happened. And so that's nobody don't give him enough credit for that, but to stay and get his education and stay at UVA, I think was, was what, what a tribute for him to do that. Cause he didn't have to do that. Derek Wittenberg, our guest on center court with Ralph Sampson on the winter circle network. And Derek, you probably get tired of talking about it, but the 83 drive, uh, the NCAA tournament, beating schools like Pepperdine and winning at the free throw line. And every game was a, it seemed like a Hail Mary for you guys. And then, of course, you get to the, you know, you beat Virginia again and then end up in the championship. Talk about that run and how magical it had to be for you. Uh, unbelievable run. And it was so many uh, turns and twists and, and, uh, so much uh, drama during that year. You know, I, I, after we played Ralph, I had hurt my foot and was out for 12 games or so and didn't know if I was going to come back. And I come back and we go on a run first by beating Virginia. People forget uh, uh, we didn't beat Virginia, but we came back and beat North Carolina and then came back at home and scored 130 points against Wake Forest, which really started our run. And then we went to ACC tournament, which we knew we had to win and uh, to upset at the time, uh, North Carolina who was number two in the country. Then obviously Virginia was number one and to come back and to beat them, which they didn't have to worry about the tournament. We had to probably win the tournament to get in. And, uh, and then the run started from there with Pepperdine double overtime game down six points with no shot clock, no three point shot. And, uh, they have a guy to line. If he hits one shot, we're not having this conversation today. <laughs> and, uh, 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 we went into, yeah, we we went we we go to double overtime. Then we bring at the uh, at, then we beat UNLV was number two. I forgot the about that. Yeah, yeah. We beat yeah. with, with Jerry Tarkanian, and then we came back. We actually would have had an opportunity uh, in the final eight to play North Carolina. Well, I, I go back. Uh, UCLA lost uh, to Utah 
And so we uh, we we thought we was gonna play UCLA, end up playing Utah and beat them before we played Ralph again in the Western Regionals finals, and then upset Ralph and them by on a uh, basically on a last second tip in, and then uh, playing Georgia, who upset North Carolina because we thought we were gonna maybe play North Carolina, but Georgia beat North Carolina in the final way to get to the final four, and then uh, that that epic. Uh, final game, which nobody gave us a chance to beat Houston, and what a slowdown game, and and us controlling the tempo, we were able to pull that one out with that last second play. So, what a run! Uh, <laughs> and people still talking about it today. You know, this we watched the survive in advance last Christmas, and 68 million people ESPN told me watch survive in advance. They showed it so many times this year. It's 37, 38 years ago, guys, and people are still talking about that 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 run. It's incredible. Well, we're talking about two points of it. One is the one everybody always asks you, was a shot, an air ball, or a pass? <laughs> and, and then two, two just, you know, I've talked to Mac, and I always tell people, you know, we could talk basketball till we blew in the face, but you look back now, and you and I are talking about this sometimes, the significance of that game for history with Jimmy V, it was destined to, destined to happen for a reason. It was God, God sent. I mean, I think anyway, I'm sure you do as well. But one, was a shot of air ball. And then two, explain upon kind of the history of this because you made a, a surviving advance. So that's a very yeah. special story in, you know, in, in the basketball world. Well, it, 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 was, it was the way we won, and nobody thought we would ever be in that position. And then the personality of Jim Balbano, uh, here's this Italian guy coming to the South. Now, nobody, they, they took that for granted. That was a big decision by Willis Casey to hire a guy, an unknown coach from Iona College, to come down to coach in the South in North Carolina was a big decision. And it wasn't a popular decision. And here he is. He's basically, uh, you know, probably the second uh, minority coach in the ACC. And he comes down and, and he's flamboyant. He's happy-go-lucky, this guy. that's not a traditional coach. And for him to win, it was, was incredible. Here's some of the things that people didn't know. We were the first ACC school in history to win the championship with an all-black starting five. What's wow. also ironic about that time was that it was April 4th, which is 50 years ago when, when Martin Luther King was assassinated. So that game had so many significant uh, things about why it happened. And like you said, it was God sent, meant to happen. But the way it impacted the country, because we had people that you know, we gave people hope to see the David and Goliath story for us to win. And nobody thought we would win. And just this coach that came from nowhere and a group of ordinary guys. Now, we had a really good team but we probably didn't have the most talented team, obviously, in the country. But for us to win, gave P all the underdogs gave hope. them hope and opportunity that they could be done. For nine games in a row that we won, nine. I had a play was as emotional as I was, a kid named Derek Wittenberg. And after every game, he'd run over to me, and he'd hug me. And he'd say, we're still alive, coach, we're still playing. A lot of pictures of it, people nine. remarked about it. So I'm thinking, hey, if we win this thing, they told me before we went on that 50 million people would watch. So I said, hey, you know what? Never get a shot like yeah, that again. I'll sprint out on the court, figuring the cameras are going to be on me. Derek Wittenberg would see me, and he'd, oh, he'd run to me. And you got the picture? Yeah. Here's Val Vano running. Here's Wittenberg running. We'd get to center court, and we would hug. And television would do it the way they do it best, slow-mo. The last shot goes up. We dunk it. We win the game. And I said, ah, here it comes, joy of victory. I sprint out on the court. The cameras are on me. I know that they're down I get to center court to hug Derek Wittenberg. For the first time in 10 games, he's hugging someone else. I am, oh. I'm by myself with 50 million people. This is Center Court, presented by the Winner's Circle Network in association with the Sampson Family Foundation. Welcome back. We're with Derek Wettenberg, former North Carolina State player, high school All-American, and guy, he was a little bit of everywhere, assistant coach, head coach at Wagner and Fordham, and he is now the Associate Athletic Director for Community Relations and Student Support at North Carolina State. It's great to have him on center court stick. And, of course, we all know, and I, you know, Derek, what did Jim Valvano mean to you? 
a man of uh, about family, a man that you can trust, a man that cared about you. He was more than a coach. Um, he opened his doors to us. He built a relationship with us and a relationship meaning that he never just talked to us about basketball. He talked to us about life. All the individual meetings I had with him. You know, I'm the only former player that was a Paul Barrow in his funeral. I'm the only player that he uh, acknowledged and, and anointed me to be on the V Foundation board. So that tells you that what, what our relationship was about and that uh, we, we talked about life and uh, he cared about people. He enjoyed life. He had fun. And uh, I just loved our relationship because, you know, basketball is we use basketball to really to achieve things and to, to connect with people. And basketball is part of what we what we've done, but not who we are. Mm. And, and Jim Valvano was a stickler for that. He really cared about people. He was an English major in college at Rutgers. But what what a personality. What a man. I miss him every day because his, his personality was infectious. He loved people. And and we just our relationship just grew and grew. And uh, we became very close. And uh, I miss him dearly. How did that affect the, you mentioned being on the board of the V Foundation? I know you guys do great work with that, but how has that impacted? I mean, millions of dollars uh, raised, in your opinion, how has that impacted the, the mission and the cause of the foundation? Well, the, and uh, when he passed in 93, um, uh, Valvano, there, there wasn't a lot of attention, um, uh, uh, paying a lot of attention to um, a cancer at the time. There was more money raised for AIDS than cancer. So Jim, because of his popularity and uh, being a commentator for ABC and ESPN at the time, winning the national championship, uh, and in that last ESPY speech where he talked about don't give up, don't never give up, it brought so much attention nationally to, to the disease. And he decided when he started the V Foundation, man, it brought awareness about cancer and it also brought people, we need to fundraise and try to find a cure. We need to help these researchers. And that's how the V Foundation started. He started a legal pad and he, he put together some, some guys on the board initially. And then Lord and behold, 20, 28 years later, we've raised almost a, a, a billion dollars. Uh, we've given away 250 grants across the country. Every dollar for every dollar that goes directly to cancer research and awareness for cancer. We have some breakthroughs now. People, the word cancer is not a death sentence anymore because of research. And we think we have uh, been a part of that. I mean, there's other organizations obviously have been involved as well, but we think the V Foundation is added to that cause. And, and we're thankful, like, like Jim said, we may not save his life, but hopefully we save some others' lives. So people are uh, surviving and thriving with cancer. And also we're losing some, but we're not losing as many. And thank God that we, you know, the research is working and hopefully we continue to get more breakthroughs uh, with our work. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's great call. Great thing. I was telling that, uh, telling Mike earlier that, uh, you know, we kind of did some things with that as well. One of the major events we went to was the, a Virginia wine event up in Middleburg, Virginia, which was a fun event. You and I got together and we gave two tickets away. Uh, somebody bid on it. We went to a Virginia NC State game. We said, well, during the game, we can't sit together because we're going to be rivaling. But we ended up sitting at the box with Carla having fun. But stuff like that, to me, is very special. So uh, that was a good event for us as well. Yeah, we won that game. You know that. We, yeah, we I, know, I know. I know. I know. That's why I said we're going to sit here. You know, you don't, you don't win many games at Ralph's house. You know, <laughs> I'm walking around in Virginia, in the in Virginia, and I'm walking with Ralph Sampson, and he doesn't have a badge on and anything, and he can go anywhere he wants. And all these people are saying, yeah, Ralph's house, Ralph's house. I said, it had been many games won in Ralph's house. <laughs> Actually, Ralph, you don't know this, but at Fordham University, Against Dave Lado, I won in Ralph's house. I don't know if you remember oh. that. Okay, I well, won. I, won. So I, I got to get you straight though. Ralph's house was the other building where I trip you and you and you twist <laughs> your ankle. You twist your ankle. 
You you ain't one in John Paul. That's right. That's right. Round the house building. Building. That, that, yeah. Nobody. Uh, hey, it wasn't a lot of wins in Ralph's house. Now I'm gonna tell you. I, I only lost 23 games in my college career, and not many at University Hall. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. And most of those, most of those, was in my freshman year. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No, Derek, yeah. Derek, and talking about Coach V, um, and I, I just love to hear you guys uh, go at it. Um, were you there the night of his very famous speech? And um, I'm sure you heard it live one way or the other, but I was just curious, your thoughts about that night? Did you know he was going to deliver it like that? Did, what did you know about it? How did it? How did it affect you? And as I said, were you in the audience that night or did you happen to watch it on TV? I was on TV and uh, it was a big event. And, you know, when he came back, even before that, when he came back to the 10 year reunion, which we thought he wouldn't come back to, we didn't know he, he had really, um, his message from his doctors that, that he was dying. He only had a few mm. months left. And because of what would happen to him at NC state, the way they kind of ostracized him and fired him and got, and got him out of NC state, we never thought he would come back. And, you got to understand, I, I played for him and I coached with him. Mm -hmm. And so the, his speaking ability, every day we we heard great speeches. And that's what coaches do. They speak before practice, after practice. I've seen them at events. I've seen them at multiple times. So him giving it, delivering a great speech was not anything new. So it didn't surprise me that he gave that kind of speech at that particular time. But at the time, we didn't know that he was basically, he was dying. This was his last days. And he wanted to send off a message. And it was a powerful message. And that was typical Jim Valvano. Uh, there was nobody like him. There's no other personality like him. There was no other coach that could motivate people like him. He was just one of a kind. And so we we lost a very special individual. But also, but, but it his legacy stays alive with the V foundation mm -hmm. and he said that, that speech, that SB speech launched an organization that is really thriving and doing well and, and continue to helping people in the cancer space. Stick of all the, of all the great parts about that speech to this day. And I, I hear it every year when he says, I've got cancer all over my body. You think I'm going to worry about it? I've got five minutes left on the clock. You know, when he told them, this is my show tonight and nobody, I'm going to stay here as long. Right, Derek? I mean, it was, Oh, no, that's him. That, how, that, how good was that, right? Yeah, Jim, that's Jim. He can come in. He can come in a bar and a restaurant and take over the room mm -hmm. and just grab people just grab it to me, tell jokes. He's smart. He's witty. You know, just think about I want you guys to think about this. In the history of mankind, how many sports figures have the whole week dedicated? He has Jimmy V week. Yeah. Oh, yes, There's no other sports person in the world that's got one week dedicated to cancer and to Jim. That's Jim's legacy. His legacy is trying to help people and trying to help find a cure for cancer. And that's what's unbelievable about what he's left for us and, and, and what we and the work we continue to do for him and the, and the V Foundation. We need your help. I need your help. We need money for research. It may not save my life. It may save my children's lives. It may save someone you love. And it's very important. And ESPN has been so kind to support me in this endeavor and allow me to announce tonight that with ESPN's support, which means what? Their, 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 their money and their dollars and they're helping me. We are starting the Jim, Jimmy V Foundation for Cancer Research. And its, and it's motto is don't give up. Don't ever give up. And that's what I'm going to try to do. Every minute that I have left, I will thank God for the day and the moment I have. And if you see me, smile and maybe give me a hug, because that's important to me too. But try, if you can, 
to support, whether it's AIDS or the Cancer Foundation, so that, that someone else might survive, might prosper, and might actually be cured of this dreaded disease. I can't thank ESPN enough for allowing this to happen, and I'm going to work as hard as I can you know, for cancer research, and hopefully we'll be Maybe we'll have some cures and some breakthroughs. And I'd like to think I'm going to fight my brains out to be back here again next year for the Arthur Ashe recipient. I want to give it next year. I know I've got to go. I've, I've got to go. And I've got one last thing. I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. Cancer can take away all my physical abilities. It cannot touch my mind. It cannot touch my heart, and it cannot touch my soul. And those three things are going to carry on forever. I thank you, and God bless you all. With so much going on, Derek, regarding college basketball and your involvement, of course, in college basketball, we have... We have never seen anything like this, and I'm not sure we'll ever see anything like this again. Would you agree with that? There were a ima wildest imagination we thought we'd be going through a pandemic that which which uh, the country went through a pandemic maybe a hundred years ago. But this has been unbelievable, and how we've handled this and what uh, uh, sports has had to endure, and uh, uh, the adjustments we, you have to make in terms of how does sports survive? How do we play sports? And so just in college basketball alone, you know, the NBA last year had to go in the bubble. College basketball last year at March 12th, we had to discontinue the ACC tournament and then we, we, we didn't play anymore. And then Florida State was deemed uh, because they won the regular season. They were, they were the ACC champions. You know, so now fast forward that to 2020, and it's been uh, it's been a roller coaster. Everybody had to adjust uh, the COVID because of the cases and all the teams are dealing with it. Uh, it's, it's it's been tough. And I commend most of the programs of how they've handled this, because this has not been easy. And there, nobody expected that this uh, COVID and what everybody's dealing with was going to give us this much trouble. And also, it's really affected the business of sports, right? The millions of dollars of fans and travel and marketing. Uh, you never thought that we would be in this place. And, uh, and a lot of university athletic departments are going to lose a lot of money in the, in the 20 to $30 million range. So uh, it's been tough. We've hung in there. Eventually it's going to get better, but we must continue on, but we must continue on safely. And I think our universities are doing the best job they can. Yeah, it's, it's tough to tough to deal with that. We've seen uh, the likes of NC State and University of Virginia women's teams just cancel their whole season. Um, you know, the NBA did a good job in the bottle, but I'm always thinking that, you know, if they go close the school down and the kids are not going to college anyway, they're still going to play sports. Why not just go to Greensboro, put everybody in the hotel, put every team in the bubble and control it? That's a long time for a student athlete, right? But it could have been done there. ACC tournament is going to prove that coming up. But my thoughts was that they could have done something like that, especially and only played. We don't. We don't want to see them play. You know, UVA play James Madison or you know, it's a small small team, right? We want to see NC State play Virginia and Carolinas and so forth and so on. So I would have preferred all of them to get together and play only amongst the ACC schools. That'd have been a special season and put that in a bubble. But what are your thoughts on that or something like that? Well, it, it, here's a little background on it. So I. I from the NBA, the bubble was somewhere in between uh, $250, $300 million for the NBA bubble. Absolutely. Okay, so when the NBA, when the college started to look at the bubble, very expensive. It's okay. hard to, uh, I mean, we tried some things like you saw the tournament in Mohegan Sun. Yes. They had several teams went up there. And uh, I talked to Jay Wright. And Jay Rice said it was the hardest thing for his kids to, to deal with. You know, college kids being confined for five or six days was very hard. And to play three games. And then you got to understand, you got you have teams from all over the country coming to one place and, and staying in a bubble 
and 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 you know just the logistics of that, how you move everybody around. And then when we went to the bubble, NC State went. When we came back, we had kids test positive. Mm-hmm. You know because you had so many teams. So the bubble seemed like a and the NBA did a terrific job, but they had the money right. and the personnel to do a terrific job and keeping those guys away. That was individual men, but you got kids. And so, yes, uh, they explored the ideas, but it was is really financially it was tough to implement the bubble system in college because, listen, we got PNC Arena. We can hold 25. We got in Raleigh area, we got plenty of hotels, but everybody, you know, people, they they feel like it's it's a disadvantage because that's our home court. So you got all kinds of really situations that the college bubble, you know, may not work. I'm interested to see how they're going to work the bubble with the NCAA tournament in Indianapolis. That's going to be very interesting because right. you're reading on multiple teams from all over the country in one setting. I think that's going to be uh, the logistics that, I mean, I'm sure the NCAA prepared, but it's going to be a challenge. Yeah, the announcement this week, Derek, was 55 of the 67 games will be held in Indianapolis. Then, wow. then of course, they're involving Indiana and they're involving Purdue. Um, and so that's where the, the first four are going to be held and they're going to start on the Tuesday and do that. And then they're going to eventually work their way to Indianapolis where, where everything is going to be. So that's, you know, I think the NCAA has got a pretty good hold on this right now, a pretty good grasp of it, but who knows? It could change immediately. That was the thing I was going to comment about the Mohegan sun. You had a game cancel coaches then would scramble. They would pick up another team in two days. We're right. here. We're here. We'll play somebody else. You know, it was, that's, that's the norm right now. Yeah, it is the norm, but uh, listen, they're going to play the NCAA tournament. Yes. Because uh, financially uh, they need the money and they're going to play. And uh, I, you know, it, the, the criteria is 13 games. You get your 13 games, but the 68 best teams, that's going to be the records. They're going to play that tournament mm-hmm. and they're going to figure it out. And uh, they're not going to go another year with a, not, with, without a tournament. That's just a fact. Be, yeah. it, I mean, it's, it's just not going to happen, guys. I wonder what's going to happen. So you you in Indianapolis, right? And somebody breaks up with COVID. I mean, you shut it down? You can't well, 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 the team, listen, as soon as they test positive, if it's the day before the game, the team can't play. They can't play. The team, team can't play. So that could possibly happen. Listen, yeah. there could be five or six teams that's in the tournament, and they if you get two or three people that test positive, they can't play. Right. You know, I mean, I mean, these are all the things they got to think about. So, uh, you, you know, we're going to go see what happens going forward. Derek, what do you hear about the ACC tournament? Right now, I think it's a go, uh, but it's interesting – the NCAA announced their tournaments, but nobody, the other conference tournaments hasn't announced yet. So they're trying to figure out, are we going to get through the season? <laughs> so, you know, that's an interesting uh, question you asked because now we want to see all these conference tournaments going to play. But with the criteria 13 games, you don't have to play the tournament because they can just say, okay, who are the best records here? Who has the best criteria with the winning percentage? You don't have to go to the tournament as far as the NCAA. See, you don't have to. That's not a criteria. That that the criteria for the conference is that who's going to be the conference champion. Mm-hmm. But for the NCAA, their criteria is thirteen games. So right. really, that one one is not really connected to the other right now. Would the ACC play first round games on home courts? Uh, I think they would do whatever they have to do to play a tournament. Right. I think they would. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure they they're uh, they're exploring all of that right now. But really, we guys, we got to get through the regular season. Mm-hmm. We yeah. don't even know. Right now, it it's, NC State. We've canceled. We were supposed to play Virginia today. We they, we postponed that game. We supposed to play Carolina Saturday. And I, I don't know. We've canceled two two games already. We may cancel three. I don't know what's going to happen. 
you know, and that like Virginia didn't cancel the game. We canceled the game because our COVID issues. So who knows down the road, God forbid something happens to some other teams and they have to cancel. So, I mean, it's just, it's just trial and error right now and see how things are going to go as the season progresses. Yeah, definitely trial and error. I mean, Virginia women shut their season down for the year. Uh, some other teams are doing that as well. Yeah, so Duke, Duke, Duke canceled their season. Yeah. I mean, who knows? As well. And listen, uh, for we haven't even talked about the mid-major schools. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them, like Harvard, they're not in the Ivy League, they're not even playing. Right. They're not even playing. So that goes to show you that the Ivy League schools are about education because, you know, when they got $50 billion endowment, uh, sports ain't all that important to, to the Ivy Leagues. Right. So so you got some people not even playing. And then some of these uh, smaller mid-major schools, listen, if they're not going to go to the tournament, they might as well budget-wise, why should they play? <laughs> I mean, really, they could be saving money. Absolutely. So, so, it, so you got other issues with the other 300-some-odd uh, Division One schools that really don't have the budgets and really can't afford, uh, you, you know, they're already losing money. So, you know, it's it's a, if it's a financial issue for all these institutions. From your standpoint at, at uh, NC State, how do you think they, the recovery will be? Have they talked about how to recover from this at NC State? You, I know what you do. You got to go out and fundraise more. You got to do, you know, golf tournaments, you know, kiss babies and shake hands. <laughs> what, what, what have they come over to plan yet to come out of this thing? I'm sure every school in the country is trying to fundraise as much as they can. And we've, we've been, uh, some of our donors have been very generous in terms of, you know, uh, donating their tickets back, doing extra donations. Uh, and I think that uh, we applaud that our donors and hopefully they're going to continue the ones who can. Uh, continue to support us and help us during these lean times. And uh, but uh, just think about that. So uh, uh, our fans are not coming to games. Right. So some have said, you know what, I'm going to donate my ticket money back to the school. That's very generous that I'm not going to the games. But now we must continue to fundraise. But people, I tell you what's dried up and people don't understand, the marketing money. Like yes. why my company, why I'm going to donate and put a sign up mm-hmm. and nobody's seeing the sign. So the marketing money is dropped. You know, fundraising across the board is, go, is down 60, 65% all over the country. So that's going to be the toughest challenge going forward. How do you support uh, uh, all these athletic departments and universities when they're in trouble? How do you continue fundraise? And listen, everybody in the world is, is struggling as well. You know, yes. they got to feed their families. They got to help other family members. So, you know, fundraising is probably the tough probably one of the toughest challenges right now for all for everybody uh to for people to be and but we commend our donors who've uh, who's really supported us and help us and continue to help us and and hopefully the same for virginia and other schools that they will continue to help during these lean times coach wittenberg before we let you go uh your foundation has been doing a lot of great things you're helping college students uh you know, finish their degrees and you put a lot into it. Um, I want, before you go, you gotta, I want to congratulate you on your foundation and how, just let me ask you, how are things with the foundation? We've had an unbelievable year. We had one event, uh, uh, which is a golf event at Wakefield country club and it went great. And this year we're going to award, uh, roughly 32 scholarships, uh, this year. Uh, which is tremendous, uh, four different schools. And just because of the challenge, we don't know if kids going to be in school, everybody's going to be online. So we are able to give away 32 scholarships and help some seniors finish, finish college. Uh, my wife and executive director has done an absolutely fabulous job in my board and all of our donors. So we're going to continue to help juniors and seniors finish college. And, and, uh, we're excited about that mission. And, uh, we, we, we would hope that this would spread. We actually looking to do a, uh, an event in Virginia area next year to support some schools in the Virginia area. So we, we're expanding the concept. Uh, a lot of people advocate to get kids into college, but right now during these tough times and people are out of work and kids are trying to struggle and, and, and finish school, we want to we spread this concept around the country and hope and help more juniors and seniors finish college.
That's good stuff. Rob, I don't think they're going to let Derek in Virginia, right? No, I'll give him a ticket. I'll give him a pass. I'll give him a pass. Well, well I'm going to ask permission. We're going to support some schools in Virginia. And, uh, and uh, one company really asked, really wanted to support us and do that. And, and I think we're going to do that. And uh, I think it's going to be pretty neat. You know, we, we got a special bond because we played in a great conference, we compete each other, but there's a lot of respect for for what we've done after basketball. So we respect each other in that matter, and we'd be honored to come and support your organization and do your Breakfast of Champions up in Virginia. Absolutely, yeah, I appreciate that, cousin. We, I mean, our whole crew, ACC guy that we know is we we all the same. We all brothers. We. We, we, we have a special bond, so you know how it goes, and we'll do what they can do to be successful and help kids out for sure, so I appreciate it. Thank you, guys, and uh, hopefully do this again sometime. All right, the great Derek Wettenberg. Ralph and I come back on Center Court after these words. Stay with us. Hi, this is Mac McDonald, host of Center Court. I've known Ralph Sampson for over 40 years. I watched him grow as a basketball player, achieving greatness at the University of Virginia and at the professional level. I always admired his work ethic and the things he did to be the best. Since he founded the Sampson Family Foundation, so many people, young and old, have benefited from Ralph's efforts. The mission for the foundation is simple, striving to uplift, empower, and educate the communities we live in. The foundation promotes charitable and community input, educational development, health and fitness, and scholarship opportunities. The Samson Family Foundation's initiatives focus on patients with cancer, educational scholarship programs, and give students guidance in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. If you'd like to learn more, call 540-615-5097. The website is samsonfamilyfoundation.org. Uplift, empower, educate. It takes teamwork to make the dream work. You're listening to Center Court with Hall of Famer Ralph Sampson. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation. Welcome back. Final segment of Center Court with Ralph Sampson on the Winner's Circle Network. And uh, uh, Ralph, Derek was great. Uh, uh, just uh, I loved uh, just loved all his input. And I mean, he has been such a, such a factor as far as college basketball is concerned. I mean, iconic. Uh, I mean, can you imagine playing, you know, I don't talk about it much anymore, but to have a season like they did in college to go from playing in not even ranked, but not even, you know, headed to the NCAA tournament to winning the ACC title yeah. and play against Michael and myself and that crew, and then playing us again in the Western Regional Finals and beat us twice to win it at all against Houston and the mighty Akeem Olajuwon. Yeah. So if, if, if something was destined, we all know it now because Jimmy V and that whole thing, something destined, that's, 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 that, that was something in the making that the higher powers, right, had all set up because we couldn't have wrote a better script. No. But the person, Derek, is, is a one of a kind. So he's yeah. a good friend, good brother, and I, I love him to death. Yeah, well, I'm wishing all the best to the foundation too. Uh, switch gears a little bit before we go. Uh, Thursday night, we had a chance to, well, I had a chance to watch you work because you've got this thing going with Mass and Nutton and this shooting academy. We had over 100 people, uh, thanks to Dana and Kelly and all the people who worked on the presentation Thursday night. Ralph, how, how much fun was that with those people? Uh, you're doing a great job with that academy up there. Well, you know, Mathon is a special place because it's in the Shenandoah Valley, not too far from our family farm. And so I've been up there numbers of times. I've never been skiing there, though. I was I've just never... getting ready to ask. I didn't <laughs> know if you skied. <laughs> but I've been up there. I have dinner there. And they have a nice facility, as we saw in the video. But to be able to do something now with this pandemic and go virtual and train kids and also have their members join us and over 100 people there was amazing. And, you know, we're doing it every month. We're doing it yeah. for the next six months. And then we have our summer camps up there this summer. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun at Mass and Nutton. Yeah, and people can just call if they want to know about the the Ralph shooting and basketball camps. They can call Mass and Nutton and be a part of that uh, academy. We do have six nights planned with them with the way the world has changed. Of course, we've gone virtual. And uh, it was 100 people. Uh, it was over 100 who logged on and then just decided to to talk basketball with you. And it was, it really was, it was way too much fun. And your insights in shooting the basketball, just shooting the basketball, your insights were spectacular. I loved it. I mean, I soaked it all up. Well, you know, every kid out there, a person that wants 
to play basketball. They get the ball first. They dribble and they shoot. Mm-hmm. They know how to shoot. They just want to <laughs> launch it up there, try to make a basket, right? Which is the best part of the game of basketball. But we just break it down with the fundamentals. I've been doing it for too many years to count. Uh, and, I, and I have a passion. I love it. And uh, we make it even fun and exciting for kids and people to, to participate. Yeah, it was really good. Well, Stick, thanks for a good week. Thanks to Derek. And I know next week, and of course, we'll get into Black History Month, and we've got a great guest next week. We're going to dive into NASCAR racing, which ought to be just way too much fun. It's going to be fun. The whole month of February is going to be uh, fun. So everybody stay tuned. For Ralph Sampson, I'm Mac McDonald, and that's Center Court on the Winter Circle Network for this week. We hope everybody has a great, great weekend. And you've been listening to center court with hall of fame basketball player ralph sampson our podcast is available on the believe network at bleav.com center court is presented by the winter circle network and the sampson family foundation for more information log on to sampsonfamilyfoundation.org uplift empower educate teamwork makes the dream work Welcome to another round of Boardroom or Miro Board. Today we talk retrospectives with Agile Coach Maria. Let's go. First question. You've spent two hours in a team retro, but the only input you've heard is Dave's. Boardroom or Miro Board? Boardroom. In Miro, Dave can't hog the space because everyone can add thoughts anonymously, online, at the same time. Correct. Next. You need the team to act on feedback fast, so you turn all those retro notes into JIRA tasks instantly. Miro all the way. And I can assign those tasks to teammates. You're nailing this. Now, you see hundreds of sticky notes from the retro. A real mess. But you organize them into five themes in just seconds. Miro, I basically get back an entire hour when I use its AI tools for clustering. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people running actually enjoyable and actionable retros in Miro. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.